Yeah, I just recall being super, super passionate about um, career planning and self-awareness and at a young age, reading all those books, like What Color Is Your Parachute? Yeah. And doing all the psychometric tests. Yes. Um, my parents were big advocates for that. So That's cool. um, I think knowing what you're, and maybe, you know what, that leads into, I want to be an inventor or right. I love video games and I want to get more into computer science and information technology and AI. Welcome to Let's Not Sugarcoat It, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Bella, Alex, and Amy. Let's get into it, ladies. Okay, we're really excited today because we have Shannon Schimmelman, who is here today to talk to us. Shannon is a mother, a multipreneur, a nature lover, and she is an adventurous spirit. Uh, she has done many things throughout her career. She is a big advocate of diversity, inclusion, uh, cultural awareness, and socioeconomic initiatives. Um, she works with businesses as an export advisor and leads a collaborative partnership between industry and indigenous businesses and communities. She brings passion for people, community, and business to all of her work. She's an active member of our local community. She is a co-founder of the Northern Youth Leadership, which is very cool. It provides online personal growth, leadership opportunities uh, to empower youth. And in addition to all that, she's also, I mean, she's on many boards like the Kelowna Women in Business. She's also the co-owner of the Prep Academy Tutors of Interior BC. And we're really excited to have her here with us. Yes. Welcome, Shannon. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I didn't realize how long my bio was until you read it. <laughs> I was thinking, when does she sleep? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did cut some out, but you, you have an impressive bio. Yeah. Well, it's hard welcome. to miss any. It's so nice to to have you in the studio and, and kind of suck some knowledge out of your yeah. head there. Yeah. Um, we want to kind of talk about your, you know, prep and education, your, your tutoring business. Do you want to tell us a little bit how it got launched, how you started, what led you mm -hmm. to, you know, go that route? Mm -hmm. Well, it was a little bit of um, a surprise to me that I would end up back in education. But from even my early ages, I always was very active in school and all of the different programming that was available. Um, I was, I ended up being um, a substitute teacher for a while oh. in Yellowknife Northwest Territories after I got my degree because I speak French fluently. I was, I went through the French immersion program. Um, those were the requirements that you needed in the North. So I taught some elementary and middle school teachers just subbing. Um, and really enjoyed that. And then um, I ended up teaching, I, fall, I pursued my career, on it went, a couple different sectors, uh, tourism, natural resources, and ended up going back and furthering my education and teaching small business management at uh, the college up north. So fast forward many years, I get involved in a, I've many, many interests. So I start different businesses and life goes on. And fast forward to last year, um, when my business partner Rona and I decided that um, we wanted to provide a service to not only to help our children who um, were 
struggling through the pandemic and through um, being uh, away from school and their teachers and their supports. And so we we decided to invest in this franchise called Prep Academy Tutors. Uh, what drew us to that was that it's a different model than many of the tutoring services you see. And so we hire and recruit certified teachers. So it's very curriculum based. Um, we have teachers that are qualified to teach across every subject every grade. We also have special education certified teachers. So for any child with learning differences, autism, um, sometimes with a psychiatric evaluation, you'll notice things like children have processing delays or decoding challenges. Uh, there's a whole range of different ways students are learning. And so we firmly believe that every student is capable of being successful with the right resources and supports and personalized learning plans. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, post-pandemic, uh, obviously, the education was in array during the pandemic, and I felt it, and I think a lot of mothers around us felt it, how much was put on us to, you know, lead our children in the education. But we weren't teachers, right? So I feel like then they get thrown back into school full-time again, and things are not the same. I don't think, like from what I see, they're not catching up. I feel like everything is just being pushed along. Let's just get them through. Let's just get them through. Not taking the time um, to actually see where the gaps are and tailor that education so that our kids are successful instead of just this like, oh, you know, we can't fail them. Yes, there's mental health aspects of it and kids are dealing with certain traumas from the pandemic, but are we doing them a disservice by just allowing and pushing them through, you know, you get the participation ribbon and off you go to grade five, like my kids are in grade four and I held them back. Mm -hmm. So when kids come to you, you know, parents come to you, what do you see? Where Where is the biggest you know, your challenges and where are those gaps? So I would say the greatest need that we're seeing is literacy and mm -hmm. math. And so it's not math across the board. It tends to be senior math and it can be difficult to find a calculus teacher mm -hmm. um, as well as physics 30, uh, grade 12 physics. Mm -hmm. um, we have three, a part of our team, but that's where we're seeing the greatest demand. Um, what was the other part of your question there? Because I wanted, I, I want to answer it more fully. Like, well, like just pushing like the participation, uh, you know, like what, what are your, what is your stand on pushing kids through, even though they are not at that level, you know, the reading, the math and just continuing them because you know, I heard this statistics is like, if, if your kid is six months behind, that they'll never catch up. That was one of, because I had my kids in Kumon uh, when we were in Edmonton. And, you know, that's what they kind of told me. They said, you know, if your kid is six months behind, they'll never catch up unless you do substantial amount of work with them. So what, what do you think of that? <laughs> Yeah, I think I commend you for holding them back. That can be a tough thing um, socially for for them and, and then dealing with that as well as a parent. Um, 
I, I would probably recommend doing the same or getting them the extra support. Mm-hmm. So no shame in, in having a tutor that gives, gives them that personalized one-on-one um, teaching instruction in a way that maybe they can relate to better. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I learned too, like I would have expected maybe it would be more effective to do virtual sessions, uh, uh, sorry, in-person sessions, mm-hmm. but the virtual works really well, mm-hmm. really, really yeah, well. That was another question. Uh, so virtual. even for low, even though the model we're using is, you know, it's personalized and it's many times in home for yeah. a r- variety of reasons, the, um, the same students can do virtual um, when it's convenient and it's just as effective. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I, I held my, for the social part is because we moved from Edmonton to Kel, uh, Kelowna. So mm-hmm. I took that opportunity not to give that trauma to my kids to see their yeah yeah friends move on Mm -hmm. but I was a huge advocate for it in in Edmonton and I talked to the principal and pushed but the pushback I got back was phenomenal like I had to go to battle for my children to have them held back here because nobody wants to do it I feel it's Mm. so much like because then you don't get the money I feel like it's all about the money you know we've paid for your kid to do grade three so now we won't get the same you know, finances. So whatever the government gives us for you to redo grade three. So we're just going to push them to grade four. Yeah. You know, I feel for the teachers too, because Mm -hmm. the classrooms are overcrowded and Mm -hmm. I don't know what capacity they have to connect with each student. So in the case of, for my children, um, when they have a student, a a teacher that they connect well with, that understands them, they thrive. Um, And then there's years where they don't have that. And they're falling behind, they're not engaged, they're not motivated, mm-hmm. and they they tend to just focus on the courses where they're doing well and they're getting good feedback. Yeah. Um, now it's getting more serious in, in high school where they can't really ignore those classes they're not performing well in or they're not super mm-hmm. passionate about. And so that's where the use of tutors, I think, has been instrumental. Mm-hmm. And so um, in addition to having certified teachers that tutor curriculum-based based classes, we also have a team of professionals that provide career coaching. And so, for example, my daughter, um, Midori, who's 16, knows that she wants to be a medical doctor. And so we have doctors, we have lawyers, we have engineers, we have, we're trying to recruit Amy as a beauty school owner, entrepreneur, um, and just a variety of different careers so that high school age kids can dream about what they want to do. They can learn about a day in the life of. If there's entrance exam preparation needed, they can learn about that. They can get appropriate scholarships to be on their radar. They can get study tips and habits. I know Midori leaves her sessions with Justina just feeling so inspired and with, you know, all of her notes about how she's going to tackle the next um, to-do lists and, and her path forward. That's I cool. love that. That's so awesome. That's neat. Yeah. Like it's like taking that whole concept of going and do that informational interviewing, but making it so much easier for them to just do it right there. So Shannon, do you, I don't know if you can speak to this or not, but do you see um, like families that homeschool would probably still need maybe some tutoring services as well? And what are your thoughts about homeschooling personally? Like I sometimes wonder, you know, I look at my kids' days 
And again, I have a tremendous amount of respect for teachers, but I feel like there's a lot of fluff in between. And sometimes I think, wouldn't it be great if they could just do some designated time to homework and then have the time in the afternoon to go do social activities and things? And so I kind of always wonder a little bit about that, but do you see um, some homeschooling uh, clients as well? And what are your thoughts on homeschooling versus school system personally? Yeah, so we do serve families that homeschool their children. And there's also like, so there's, there's a couple of different categories of families we serve. So some are um, behind and need to catch up. Some are high-performance athletes and they're missing school. Right. And so that's super important. So we're trying to work with community organizations. The Yacht Club is interested in us coming to do, maybe it's homework clubs or study mm-hmm. groups. I'd um, love that. Yeah. Um, we want to work with sports clubs, hockey academies, volleyball clubs, um, gymnastics centers to say, you know, maybe there's grades four to five where there's students that are needing the same math support or the same literacy support. And then it's more affordable for the families. And it's also more lucrative for the teachers because not all of the teachers um, that are looking for employment locally have contracts. And so this is a great opportunity for the teachers to earn some extra income as well. And so we hire soon to be teachers, current teachers, as well as retired teachers. Wow. Mm. That's great. So if you, um, and I don't know enough about homeschooling, I could really look into it, but I'm assuming there's something where they could work a curriculum. So if I chose to do that, let's say, would you, you could top up the rest of it for me kind of thing, right? Yeah. So in the case of the way it works when you register to be a Prep Academy tutor's client is you fill out the information for your children, their ages, their grades, and then you could put extra notes. Um, and then we pair you with tutors that we feel would be appropriate. We always give the families the options. So we would give you, let's say there's three subjects. We would give you, maybe there's a teacher that teaches all three subjects, but maybe it's a combination of two teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would give you, let's say five or six for three subjects. You would read their bios, look at their picture, set their rates because they're all independent contractors. And so they all have their own rates as well. Yeah. Um, And there's a range I can share, you know, what it is typically per hour. Typically, you know, it's one hour a week, one to two hours a week per subject um, per child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and what's a budget for that? Like if we were just give me a ballpark budget. Yeah. So if you were doing an hour a week of math, let's say, mm-hmm. um, so that's four hours a month, that would be, let's say 70 to 75 dollars. Let's say 75. So $300 wow. a month for math tutoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's affordable. I feel like that's great. I thought it would be higher. So mm-hmm. do you feel like, and this is just my curious brain, do you feel like... Let's say I wanted to, um, would, would your academy be enough if I was wanting to just have them work with your, your team? Yeah, so what I was going to say, though, so to follow up on the way it works through the whole process yeah. by the time you you get matched. So you choose the tutors that you want. Yep. And then um, you can even do an interview process of a few and say, oh, we really connected with Michaela or with Darian. And then um, we would set up your lessons. And so for the first lesson per subject, the tutor is going to do an assessment. 
And so it's not a super, it's, it's customizable. Like the assessment isn't the same every time because there's so many different factors for creating that personalized learning plan. And then after every single lesson, the parents receive a summary, like reconciling these, the lesson, what happened? So what did we cover? How is your child progressing? You know, are they having challenges? Do we need to review more? Um, And what's the path forward? And then for the high school age students, what we're noticing is they like to text or email their tutors <laughs> with <laughs> the um, with the assignments, or maybe there's a test they performed poorly on and they get to do a retest. Mm-hmm. And so they can provide this and go over it. Um, and, and we have so many resources, so, so, so many resources, as well as language tutors. We just got a request for Japanese, mm-hmm. um, which we didn't expect. And we have a Japanese uh, tutor in our network. Um, Amazing. Yeah. That's really remarkable. I love that you've, uh, you've gotten in, on board with something We like also that. have a speech therapist part of our team. Ooh, wow. And so for more remote areas where families are waiting There can be really long wait lists for speech therapists, speech language pathologists. And so um, our speech language pathologist has some great flexibility and a passion for serving the more remote and rural areas. Mm. And we're starting to get out into the communities and do engagement. We met with two uh, larger First Nations Indigenous communities that are looking to create some after-school programming with that's Prep cool. Academy. So wow. you do, I was going to ask that, so that's a good segue, but so you do say like there is company or schools, whatever, that would book it and then offer it as an after-school kind of homework thing to kind of give access to people who obviously maybe, I mean, I know you said 300 was affordable, but for some people that isn't. So that makes sense. Like, right. I like that idea. Right. So for on an individual basis, it might be 300 a month uh, mm-hmm. per child. But in the case of after school programs, much, much more affordable. And we've met with the Y, the YMCA. Oh, cool. We've met with the Boys and Girls Club and a few others. And so it is somewhat out of reach for some of these other groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just trying to find maybe maybe there's grants um, yeah. mm-hmm. and like Jordan's principal funding for some Indigenous communities that we can help them access so that um, their students can be more successful. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Wow, you're doing big things. I love it. What about testing? (laughs) That's a (laughs) This is her big beef. (laughs) This is my big beef, okay? So my kids, twins, grade four, one teacher is like on top of it. He's, you know, making them do things, homework, um, testing, you know, they have spelling tests, all that kind of stuff. The other child... That's nothing. Her assignments get sent home. And if she does it, she does it, she doesn't. You know, I'm to administer these spelling tests because, you know, some kids in that class have anxiety and he doesn't believe there's there's other ways of testing. But I'm like, like, how do you how do you test? Because. I feel like, okay, well, you may not believe in testing, but life is a big test. Mm-hmm. And there will be things you will need to do and to teach kids younger, the, the younger they are, the the better, how to cope with tests. Maybe how you don't call it a test. Maybe, you know, you and then, you know, you mark it somehow, right? So what are, what are your, you know, thoughts on testing and how... Are we as parents supposed to go about, you know, the different views of teachers 
who don't believe in it because I bet you 100% next year oh, she's there's going to be tests <laughs> and then she's not prepared because somebody didn't believe that testing is a thing. <laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah, I mean... I don't really know what the solution is there because yeah. it is so different teacher to teacher, practice to practice. It doesn't seem to be consistent from grade to grade, school to school, mm -hmm. teacher to teacher. But what I do like about um, the network we have with Prep Academy, like it's it's a franchise that started 12 years ago in North Toronto and there's now franchises all over North America. And there are many, many resources for these evaluations to see what is the grade level your student's at. And so I think it's just can give a student and a parent so much confidence to go through an evaluation with a tutor mm -hmm. that can say, well, we know you're at this level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and here's the steps to get you on track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'll be really interesting to see the future of the education system. Um, again, I think I'm with you. I think teachers are tapped out. They are also human dealing with the same world that we are. And then they've got this large class. And so I think it's, it's you know, I have such respect for them. And I think in a lot of cases, they're, they're doing what they can, right? Um, but I'm so curious to see if we're starting, because I know my daughter... Both of them get no homework. And so I'm wondering if that's maybe the way that the school system or the teachers, I know that the one school has said their prime focus is literacy. And so they just, their only homework is to read every night and that's it. And so I don't, I don't know what, you know, I don't know why they're doing what they're doing, but I, I feel kind of like I'm with you, sort of the movement forward. I know there's not consistency, but maybe there will be where everybody sort of just says you get what you get. And then it's going to be our responsibility to sort of top up any of the gaps. And I find like, it'll be so interesting to see if, you know, now we know people learn differently and there's some people have testing anxiety and sometimes people, you know, testing is not an accurate way to see if they've retain the information because there's so much anxiety and they're nervous about it. So I think it'll be interesting to see what the future looks like in the education system because it is changing. And, you know, the pandemic did change our world in a lot of ways. And I think the education system was one of them. So it'll be so interesting to see if at some point we all are just having to take on education on our own hands, you know? Mm -hmm. But did we, like, I guess I always think like, when we were younger, I don't know how much homework I got as a young kid. Like I'm, I know I think, oh, I had homework, but I got homework in grade eight all the way through high school. Like I'm curious, I know you have teenagers, Shannon, like do they get a lot of homework mm -hmm. in the older grade? So I'd say grade 10, there's a significant amount of homework compared to middle school. Um, my younger daughter's in grade nine and there is much less homework in grade nine. And it was sort of that way, like grade eight, even less, grade seven, even less. Okay. So it's getting, it's building, it's getting more and more. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I sort of have this feeling that they're going to get thrown, it's going to get I thrown so at them too, in grade like seven. You should yeah. start creating these like good habits. habits. Yeah. You know, we're talking about, you know, education and teaching kids, you know, certain things. And, mm -hmm. um, but then we don't, you know, set them up for success. We just throw them, oh, you're now in grade 10. Here's all this stuff you should be prepared for, but you're not because- You never did you it. You know, we never, never yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, I'm questioning like, where are we going? Because I feel like it's getting less and less. Mm. I remember, because I went to, like, obviously I moved, right? So when I was 
in Poland, we had homework, we had multiplication, we had full on math, like grade four math, grade three, four math and grade one. So it's not that kids are not capable. They are. It's just the habits that we're, we're creating. Then I went to Austria and that completely like they were so far behind. Right. So then I have scribblers from my childhood to compare. So I have like a cool story of my education, right? And then also my education was different because I not only did I come into, you know, a different like school system, but also had to learn a, a different language, right? So I've, I've already felt like I was behind because I was doing ESL, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then came to Canada and that was completely different the way things were done. It, it's, I find like math is so much more complicated, now with like the way they're teaching it, this new math. Yeah. Like yeah. I yeah. can't help my children, you know, and they're getting frustrated because they're like, Mom, no. I'm like, I am literally learning from the page yeah, earlier how to do this fraction with this coloring wheel thing. The guitar because, thing is so weird. Yeah, yeah, there's just so many things. Yeah, right. So how do you kind of navigate? Because we are just in a bubble, right? Like, but th- there's so much more, like the world is so much more accessible now mm-hmm. uh so people do travel across the world how do we how do we prepare our children if they want to leave and and be competitive in the market you know if they want to go to you know a school abroad because the system here is so i feel like it's broken and it's not the same as like international standards Speaking also because I went to Taiwan mm-hmm. uh, and my kids like seeing the education there and where they start. So the, you know, Taiwanese and how. Yeah. Well, I don't know that there's one answer that's going to <laughs> like, here's what the education system mm-hmm. should be. But what I loved about, um, we moved to Alberta in 2012, September 2012 to 2016 um, for four years. And both of my girls went to school. They're in the French immersion program, public school. And they went to a school called Ecole Dickensfield School in Fort McMurray. And this school had purchased the rights to... Seven Healthy Habits. So Stephen Covey's Habits. And what I loved was that it really taught each and every student to respect themselves and to respect others and view themselves as a leader. Every kid was a leader in that school. And so they had holiday decorating leaders. They had um, set up for assembly leaders. They had buddy leaders so no one was left alone on the playground. Mm -hmm. They had take the younger kids to their school bus leaders. And when they would have these assemblies, they had public speaking leaders. They had every type of a leader. They had birthday announcement leaders. And so... Every child was recognized at school assemblies. Can these leaders stand up and get a round of applause? Can these oh, leaders so, stand up? They do and that so at Glenmore. Everyone was a leader. Yeah, I, I think it's a program that mm-hmm. c- schools across Canada can purchase. Um, seven healthy habits. And there's this tree. And, you know, my kids in elementary school were coming home and asking me if we were beginning with the end in mind and thinking win-win and synergizing and sharpening the saw. And it was beautiful. I just loved it so much. And I think that stayed with them despite, you know, some of the gaps and some of the other challenges, this idea that I'm a leader and everyone's a leader and you all have the answers within for what you want to do and what you should do and Mm -hmm. focus on your strengths and nurture those strengths and be resourceful. Like Mm -hmm. I I really think it taught them to 
advocate for themselves and be resourceful. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have that at Glenmore because they have this leader in me, seven habits. Um, that sounds like yeah, it. I think mm-hmm. it's it. And then often at the PAC meeting, I've only gone twice, but he always talks about the our leadership program here at Glenmore. And yeah, so I think it's I love the same that one. so much. I feel like there's such a, I think just there's such a um, space for that in the world with these kids and empowering them at a young age mm-hmm. to think differently and think you know, progressively and kind of out of the box a little bit. I think that's awesome. But I guess it doesn't like solve what you're saying. I mean, it does make them good humans, but then I, I guess if education evolves over time, but like then you want to go to university, are you are you ready to write a test? You're a good leader, which is good, but are you also able to like, or is testing going to change? Or do we find testing is different than it was? Like, I, I mean, when I went to university, I did a psychology undergrad, but it was like all multiple choice tests. And now we know, oh, that's not the best way to teach kids. But is it still like that? Are we still prepping them to go to like do multiple choice tests? And why aren't we teaching kids how to learn to test? I think the testing is changing. Yeah. Um, I don't know for sure. Like in university, when I did my MBA and that's already 12, 13 years ago now, there were learners with learning differences um, that required different adjustments for exams and testing. Like if you're easily distracted, then Mm. they had special um, private spaces that were more quiet, or maybe there's an allotment of some additional time. Um, So I think it is changing, but my 16-year-old just wrote her knowledge test for her learner's permit, and that's all um, multiple choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. For driving is. still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously there's the actual like driving test she has yeah. to pass, but. I think this, this popped into my head too. So I, I think it'd be interesting to see the future of testing, but I also am very interested and I don't know if you can speak to this, the future of careers, because I read a book and I can't think of the name now, but it talked about how our kids generation is going to have to look at the world, um, and create their own jobs. And so that's where that leadership, I thought that's, mm. we're, we're teaching them to look around and be entrepreneurial or see what there's need in the world, especially with the birth now of the AI, like artificial intelligence. The world is going to change drastically. A lot of these jobs are going to be obsolete um, and taken over. And so I don't know if you can speak to that. What does the future of careers look like? And what is what is that going to be? Yeah, I just recall being super, super passionate about um, career planning and self-awareness and at a young age reading all those books, like What Color Is Your Parachute? Yeah. And doing all the psychometric tests. Yes. Um, my parents were big advocates for that. So That's cool. um, I think knowing what you're, and maybe, you know what, that leads into, I want to be an inventor or right. I love video games and I want to get more into computer science and information technology and AI. But I don't, and I, and actually, I think I'm seeing some really innovative, cool things happening in schools too for career um, development. Development, Like um, they've got the middle school that my daughter goes to has a modular farm. And so they've got farm club and it's all about sustainability and growing the food. Mm, And then they do smoothie days with the kale and the herbs. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people in the Okanagan know about it. It's KLO Middle School, but they're doing incredible things. And then most of the schools, I just toured two high schools uh, last week. 
and they've got shops and the mechanics and the things we've all mm-hmm. had, the woodworking yeah. and the silk screening and the photography. So I think I think they're doing their best to expose kids. But like you say, we don't know what the future holds and what those jobs are. And they will be tasked with um, creating their own jobs in many cases. And I think that's where the confidence and the resourcefulness comes Mm, in and being really important to view yourself as a leader. um, Yes. And respect others around you and view them as leaders as well. I think I love what you said about uh, what you were passionate about as a child. And I feel like I try to um, talk about my that with my girls. I think if we led kids to be a little bit more about if we started talking about like what fills you up, what excites you and started grooming them that way instead of, you know, what is your career going to be or what is like start thinking about what gift do you have to offer or what is your strong point or what is your passion? You know, where do you want to kind of go? I love that you have career counselors that probably do something along that line in your program. Yeah, so they're not career counselors so much as they're experts in their field and they can help a a student that wants to be them when they grow up. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But I'm a huge advocate for um, self-awareness and knowing your strengths. So all of the tools I like, I like the Myers-Briggs, I like the Clifton Strength Finder, I like DISC, there's Values, Insights, I think it's called. Um, There's just so many where you can take the, actually a free one that we we did through Girl Guides is 16, like just one six personalities.com. And okay. you can all do it in 10 minutes online and have your children do it. Oh, cool. And then you can see the, per- we do it as a board with Kelowna Women in Business during our strategic planning when we have new people coming. Mm. And then we put ourselves in the quadrants and we can see, you know, different personality yeah. types and how we That's work cool. best together. I think we should do that, ladies. I love it. Yeah, that's neat. And I think that you can let that guide you in where you will shine and where you want to lead your career because it's not always academic. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly academics can support whatever career you're going to do. I always Mm -hmm. tell my girls, like, it sounds like neither are going into business. And that was always my path and passion. (laughs) And I don't think anybody can go wrong with business, no matter what you choose. Even for my daughter, Midori, if she wants to be a medical doctor, you still can't go wrong with business knowledge. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the world... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, no, Alex. Go ahead. I was just going to say quickly, I think like in my head, looking ahead, I think that it's going to be kind of like a a la carte type education style, you know? So you... And it's going to be kind of like you have your education system. And then on the side, if you're a high school student, maybe take a little business course, you know, on the side kind of thing. And maybe you're taking a personal development course and maybe you're doing this. Like, I think that would be so ideal for these children that are certainly in high school to be constantly, you know, because look at all of us doing where no one does just one thing. We're always Mm -hmm. kind of constantly growing and building ourselves. So I think that'll be, that's interesting. Both of my daughters, middle school age and high school age have leadership groups in their school and Mm -hmm. It, it appears that there's ample opportunity for um, participating. So nobody's left out of that. And they're both um, enjoying that. And I think that's really important. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, when I went to high school, we had this after school club that was there and it was a homework club. And then you could volunteer and actually brought in elementary kids from the local community and they'd come in and the high school students could help them. Like, it's just great when there's like that tutoring factor. I think what you're doing is pretty awesome. Yeah. When the community Mm -hmm. comes together and, you know, we support, we always say, you know, motherhood is a team sport. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It takes a village. And I feel, you know, that 
now we have to go outside of the schooling system to give our kids support because yes, they are tapped out and, you know, the schools don't. Do you find that there's a difference between private school and public school? So when your clients come to you, the demographic, do you have more? We have both. Um, so we have, um, so for here locally in Kelowna, we have some students that go to the Kelowna Christian School, Aberdeen, Immaculata, Whoa. as well as, you know, KSS, Kalo, Mount Boucherie. Um, I haven't noticed any big differences, but mm -hmm. we are still quite new. So okay. maybe ask me in six months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be curious to know that because it seems... Like anyone who I've known who's had their kids in public school, I do notice, I mean, in um, private school, I'm like, wow, their kids do get homework. Even the Catholic school system, it seems like my cousins went through the Catholic school system in Vancouver and they were always doing homework and things. And I just wonder if it's a private, yeah, but you're it not. It doesn't yeah. seem to be because I'm, I'm still... Mm -hmm. In communication with the tutors, with the families, I see the lesson notes. I sort of see the, here's what we'd like to cover and who sends, like, here's my math test or my physics exam. Um, That's good. So we don't have to feel bad that our kids aren't in private school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. We're getting the same education. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I did. It. You know, I always thought, because in Alberta, I always, I went to Catholic school. Um, but I found that the pro, uh, public schools um, had more programs because they were funded by the government. So they had those bigger shops, the big photography uh, labs, That because I was into photography and stuff like that. Well, the Catholics, because they didn't get as much. That's very location specific because yeah, yeah. I went to Catholic school until grade eight and yeah. then I switched to public in grade nine. Um, because where I was living, the it appeared to me mm -hmm. that the academic standard and the competitiveness in sports was higher in public and mm -hmm. I didn't want to be left behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's so weird in Canada how the Catholic school system is funded differently per province, right? Like in BC, you have to pay to go to a Catholic school, but it's a it's not as expensive as private school. But in Ontario, you, or I don't know if it's changed, but when I was a kid, you could go to your Catholic school, your French school, or your English school. Yeah. Either one. They were and all I funded. was in a French Catholic school in Ontario. Right. And then Yellowknife, um, French and English Catholic, and then I switched to public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Shannon, uh, from your bio, you are so much, you are Prep Academy, but you're so many things. Um, and so you are a very busy, active girl on the Kelowna Women in Business. And you talked a little bit about, um, we, we know you on a personal level. And I would love for you to speak a little bit about um, your, some of the groups that you belong to, particularly for women. And you talked about resources. Um, and one that I'm looking at your little pin on your shirt here, I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about that. Uh, you did mention the resources for women that you, that you were, mm -hmm. that you can tell us about. Yeah. So I am vice president of Kelowna Women in Business. It's my second season um, with the organization being on the board. Um, we last year, or maybe it was the year before, we decided it would be um, aligned with our values as a group to create a diversity and inclusion committee. And so we did a lot of work in the last year and a half to engage uh, our Indigenous, our local Indigenous community, as well as other cultural groups and associations. And so um, 
we received a lot of support from WBC, formerly Women's Enterprise Center, who donated essentially 20 free memberships to diversify our community. And so that included some Indigenous entrepreneurs, some Black women entrepreneurs, um, some Ukrainian refugees. Oh, wow. Uh, as well as some disparity between, you know, some of the socio- socioeconomic moms and entrepreneurs that can't afford to the membership and all of the events. So we got 20 members. We created a list of 40. So maybe we'll be able to do it again next year and just keep stretching the circle wider. Um, so I do, I am very passionate about including everybody and having every woman, no matter their their race, their nationality, uh, how they, their sexual orientation, how they identify as a human uh, involved and feeling the warmth and feeling like they belong and sharing their gifts. Mm, so beautiful. Um, the pin that I'm wearing is um, a moose hide and it is to uh, support the prevention of violence against uh, women and children. And so another cause that I feel passionate about. I'm also wearing the Venus pin that we all got at the Chic Retreat this weekend, (laughs) which was a gift from the super inspiring uh, Hilberg and Burke founder. Yeah. So I expect to wear that lots too. Yeah. And her symbolism behind that was about women empowerment, women empowerment, Mm -hmm. which I was like, oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. So my business partner, I'll just plug some of the work, that great work that Rona Stanislas does. She's co-owner of Prep Academy with me. She's on the Dress for Success board, which is also a global movement for women empowerment. Oh, such a good program. And um, she does a lot of mentorship. And so the lady that we heard speak, also named Shannon, at our gala dinner uh, was her mentee. And so she's just doing, you know, incredible things. Her confidence has soared. She's going to get her master's. She wants to run a marathon. I'm going to be sending her a marathon training program because this is my 20th year of running marathons this year. Congratulations. Nice. I've got to find a cool, inspiring location. I've done lots of really cool ones, but I'm thinking maybe Panama. I haven't been there. so Wow. I, mean, I will go yeah. cheer you on. I, I'll cheer you on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. come for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> you are no, a multifaceted it girl, all. Shannon. Um, that is amazing initiatives. I love all those programs so much. I love your passion behind it mm-hmm. that you are involved and women empowerment in general is something that I'm passionate about as well. Um, you were telling us a little bit about something that you're excited about right now, your 5 a.m. club. Tell us a little oh, bit yeah. about that. Oh yeah, so um, some of you may know... Um, so I sit on another group. It's Angel Investing, uh, Women oh. Okanagan Women's Equity Lab. And so this is women supporting women through uh, financial investing. And so it's like our version of Dragon's Den where women entrepreneurs come in or women leaders in um, businesses come in and pitch their vision for business growth. And we do our due diligence and perhaps they are successful in getting funded. And then we help them along the way for their plans. And so within this group, there's a lady who is quite well known in uh, the Okanagan, Angela Nagy. She owns Green Step Solutions. So it's all about sustainability. Wow. And so we were, at a, we were at a conference in Victoria, I think it was in January, and it's called the Impact Sustainability and Tourism Conference. And we were sharing the books we were reading. And I do most of my books these days audio. So when I'm dry, when I'm 
being the mom taxi, taking the kids <laughs> to their sports. I can listen to my books and and just in transit whenever on airplanes. I love it. So she said she was reading this 5 a.m. club book. And I thought, well, Angela is a super smart woman that I want to learn from. And so I'm going to try that out. And I'm on day six of waking up at 5 a.m. I... It's not easy. I haven't adjusted my <laughs> bedtime yet. And so uh, I did require a nap or two over the weekend because okay. that was just a little too full of a schedule. Yes. But there's, if if you uh, want to read this book or learn more about it, I'd highly recommend it. It talks about the science behind... Um, sort of like a golden hour of productivity. Mm-hmm. Like 5 a.m. just seems to be the time when you can wake up, feel refreshed and get so much done before 9 a.m. when everybody else seems to be starting their day. Nice. And so what does that look like for you? Do you like to get up at 5 a.m.? Because I, I do get up at 5 a.m., yeah. but mine's a little bit of a slow start. So I do a little meditation and stuff. Like, are you up and hitting, like, are you running or what are you doing? Um, I did get a run in this morning, but I found with the time change, it was just so super dark. Yes. So I did my meditation. Um I'm in the habit lately. I like going in my hot tub and doing a, a meditation. Oh, so that does sound okay. lovely. It's time to get our hot tub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm write that down. Oh, that's a, yeah. that's I beautiful. Did, um, for the past year and a half or so, I've been really focused on my self love and um, gratitude practice in the morning. So I did a little gratitude uh, forgiveness practice as part of today's meditation. And then I felt um, ready to take on the rest of my day. I had a nice tea and went for a run. That sounds really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I do love that because then I, I started it. I also read that book and I started it because... I would like to be up before my kids. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I was up and and now again, I will also preface it by saying it doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a every day, but it's, it works well. And then I'm, I find I'm more on offense in the morning as opposed to defense with my kids. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting up at the same time, we're all frazzled and it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> So sure. having that time is huge. Yes, it's true because they are at the age where they were liking creating their own lunches for a while and now it's reverted back. And so that just gives me more time to, to keep it more peaceful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I was on the lunch thing too, but I've given up for a little bit. It's just easier. Yeah. Because just, I do get up earlier. It's, I'll have my coffee. I'll do some reading. You know, I'll lay in my bed, you know, just. I'm going to call it meditating, but I don't know what <laughs> In going. and out of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, doing the lunches thing, it's just right now, it's just easier, but I am going to get back onto that routine, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And that's kind of, I think, what we're all needing is a little mm-hmm. bit of routine with everything that's going on. So tell me, Shannon, I want to know one inspiring story, if you have one, you know, that a teacher empowered you or you felt like, you know what, somebody has my back. Like when you're looking back, do you have somebody that impacted you? Um, to You know, because I do feel uh, people come into our lives um, at specific moments. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything is by chance. I think everything is planned to give you that little nudge, that push and that confidence to take you because you're very successful woman you know you you know your shit you know you you get things done and you know you're very inspiring so was there a moment in you know your 
childhood life that you can, you know, because we are talking about uh, education that had a profound, maybe not as profound, but, you know, some sort of an impact to be like, yeah, you know, I can do this. I can, you know. Well, uh, the story that comes to mind is the opposite, actually. It's in high school, I wanted to be perceived as super smart and successful. And so I wanted to be in the enrichment classes. Only I didn't belong there. (laughs) I didn't make it. I didn't have the grades because I was stretched so thin with all of my other interests. I did super cool things. Like I was a page in the legislative assembly. I was in the scuba diving club and we got Mm -hmm. certified with our advanced open water diving patty in Cozumel, Mexico. Like there were so many incredible things, but this it stands out for me wanting to be part of the English enrichment class, English literature, and writing letters to get accepted, you know, thinking that I belonged there. <clears throat> and I got in. <laughs> it was so hard. And I ended up like squeaking by with a passing grade. But I realized, like, at least I went through that exercise of understanding, okay, like, some people have natural strengths and that's not one of mine mm. and I have to work harder. And so I'm happy, I'm grateful that I did that and learned that and I didn't repeat it. I was like, I can just take the middle of the road classes and get my B or my A. I don't need to be in the, the AP classes that my daughter who wants to be a doctor, she's like, I need to take AP science. I need to be at like that highest level, yeah. which isn't always the right answer for students mm-hmm. yeah. because if you can take the regular class and get an A, that might look better on your transcript for getting into university than being in the AP or the enriched. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently I've been learning from some teachers in high school that that's more of an American thing for American schools. They want to see the AP class, but for Canadian university entrance, maybe not as critical. And I don't know enough about that, Um, but I have had so many inspiring teachers along my journey because I do love school so much. (laughs) Uh, And some of them are, you know, maybe they're not... Uh, formal teachers, Mm -hmm. but I love learning languages. Mm. Um, I went to Brazil as an exchange student and learned Portuguese. And I, for to my children both have phones, devices, and I know that's another hot topic. And we've covered that one. (laughs) (laughs) But in order for my kids to maintain their privilege of having a device, I require that they do 10 minutes a day of Duolingo. Mm. Doesn't matter what language, but I just want them to expand their mind Mm -hmm. and have like some extra language skills. But I'm trying to think if there's another teacher that's inspired me. There's just, I think the list is so long and I would love to share a story at some time when I can articulate it in a way like how did they inspire me to do things that I've done I am inspired sometimes by like you know people saying you can't do it like the enriched class that I wasn't a part of I was Mm -hmm. like I need to be a part of it yeah yeah Yeah. I kind of have a similar story (laughs) because it's not that you know somebody was encouraging it was it was my grade 12 teacher I'm not gonna name and um I loved writing. I love, you know, linguistics. I'm not the mathematician or, you know, all the other crazy subjects that are like a foreign language to me, but I love (laughs) languages just like yourself, right? Um, But for the love of God, I could not get more than like a 70, 75 on any of my essays, right? And then I go to write um, my final exams, like the government exams, right? I got a 98 on my freaking wow. thing and how subjective 
teachers could be and how, you know, how much power they hold over. So Mm. here I thought I was mediocre. I'm not good enough. But then somebody else read my work and I got a 98. I just like slapped that sucker on her desk. (laughs) out. (laughs) And I went to university and I was, it was so foreign to me because I was a top student in my English classes, literature and all that kind of stuff. So it was weird. I know my, you know, I always complain about English and the spelling of things when my kids come and I'm like, I don't know, children, ask your teacher because English is my second language because <laughs> these things do not, because I do, you know, Polish and German, like a lot of them are phonetic. So your alphabet actually sounds like what you're reading. So Lee can read, my husband can read Polish. He doesn't understand it, but he can read it because he knows yes. the alphabet. You can't do that in the English, English language. No, you can't. <laughs> a, a, C is a, except for a B, a, whatever. It's yeah. like, I do not know oh, these I rules. I, I miss those. <laughs> well, the rules always have exceptions too. I was in like ESL. Definitely. I missed all those rules, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say for inspiration, what I learned in college, like, so I couldn't afford to go directly into university, even had I been accepted based on grades. And I also didn't have... Um, the grades to get scholars, full scholarships or anything like that. So I went to college and I believe that that has made me who I am today by like, it was, it's a humbling thing to go to college and then university and you end up in the same spot mm-hmm. and it's more affordable. And yeah. so that my college instructors, I would say were very different than my university professors that oh. were much more academic. Whereas the college instructors, they're practicing in their field. Mm-hmm. So when you're t- learning law and account management accounting, these are people practicing mm-hmm. as practitioners and business owners in their field. And I, that was, you know, inspiring to me that, okay, you're making it out there and you're giving back by teaching. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and then to have the experience of, okay, now I'm at university, which is more intimidating, I think, because it's usually much bigger classes. Yeah, like 300 lectures. people. Yeah. 250, 150. And, you know, instead of the 20, 25 that you're going through with grade 12. So it is also a big change. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know if kids are also ready. It was a big shock. There's no personal unless you actually go seek it out. Nobody cares if you show up. Nobody's taking attendance. All they care about is your test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, then, and then you think about the different ways we all learn. Like, are you an auditory learner? Are you, I'm, a, I'm yeah. more of a kinesthetic learner. Like I need to do it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. if I just read it, it's, I'm going to need to read it five times probably and then do it before it's going to stick. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I, Shan, oh, sorry, go ahead, Alex. I no, I was going to say, like, I found similar experience with college in the sense that I went to university and I got this, you know, psychology and drama degree. And I was like, what do I want to do? Now I'll go to get a marketing diploma. And so I went to BCIT and it was a college. And like you're saying, all the the experience was so different because it wasn't all academia. It was like, no, we are top people in our field teaching you business courses and we own businesses. We're accountants in businesses. And just their knowledge was just so, it was just so great to learn from people like that. And the classes are smaller and mm-hmm. yeah. it was good. So Shan, listening to you, um, you are a very well-rounded human being. I love that. And 
what I took away from what you were saying was that I loved what you said about not necessarily being an AP because you were so involved in so many other things. And that's probably why you are the person you are today that is also still multifaceted and multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you personally, and I know that your daughters are also very busy and into a lot of things as well. And so how do you balance that in your world with your daughters? Your daughter, your oldest one has a lofty goal of being a medical doctor. And so how do you balance that with them and all of their activities as well as um, do you think that's something that maybe something that's good, you know, because I think a lot of students now, as you said, if you if you want to take that route, it's a lot of having to put your whole self into into schoolwork. So what's your what's your take on that? Hmm. Well, I am balancing a lot, whether I'm doing it well or not. I think it's a constant evolution. Yeah. <laughs> Need to keep sort of reevaluating and resetting priorities. Mm. Um, and so, you know, my advice on uh, for everyone, uh, my kids included, is to use this tool that I received in my MBA program. It's called uh, Rupert's Personal Groundwork. Oh. And you... I I'd usually do it a couple times a year and it's great to do with your spouse or boyfriend or friends that are in your circle, even, even with your parents, if you, if like your mom lives yeah. with you, you know? Yeah. And so what it is, is you answer all these questions in six categories of your life and you rate a number. What's the load that you're feeling from this, like time and space, health, uh, finances, career, education. And so you answer all these questions and then you get a calculation um, that tells you what category of your life has the heaviest load that you, so you can prioritize. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I'm constantly needing to do this because sometimes health is at the top and sometimes finances is at the, is at the top mm-hmm. and sometimes career and business yeah. is at the top. And unless you, like, you're never going to be able to sit down and ask your partner a hundred questions. But right. if you can each fill it out and then you exchange, it, things can make a lot more sense and you can be a lot more gentle with one another and mm. supporting one another. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's well, I that feel like we're going to need to link all of these. You have such yeah. amazing little, like, I, I'm trying to remember them all right now, too. Thank you for all those little tips and wisdom of um, books and, and links. And oh my gosh, we're going to for sure have to link that for our guests. But um, do we have rapid fire questions today? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, we would love to talk to you all day, Shannon. And I feel like yeah. we could probably do a part two. We could do a part five no, with everybody. Yeah. But we have some uh, qu- questions to close it off. Okay. So, what would you say? is a, something that you've learned through your, you know, motherhood journey to date that's really su- was a surprise to you. You're like, wow, this is a really, like a an alternate lesson that you've learned through motherhood. You weren't expecting yeah. to learn. Well, I would say, um, I mean, I think every mom learns this. If you have more than one child, like we had um, Midori first and she was, you know, they're, they're all just so unique, but mm-hmm. so unique that it's, you know, I was taking credit for her good behaviors in certain ways. And then Jodeci came along <laughs> two years later and she has good behaviors in her own way as well and very unique. But I was just surprised at how, you know, the same environment, the same mm-hmm. mom and dad, like just how unique and different each human is. And I mean, you can reflect on that if you have siblings too, like how different we all are from our siblings, but different on the receiving end of that. And I think that has a lot of application to Prep Academy tutors and like how each learner, it's important to get to know them and for them to know themselves so that 
their education and path can be personalized. Nice. And then if you go back in time and tell, you know, your pre-mom self something to be gentler to yourself about, what would it be? If you could pick one. Um, Setting boundaries. That's like not even a word that was in my vocabulary before last year. Mm -hmm. So I would say um, being really clear about what you want and confident and uh, firm with your boundaries. Nice. Okay, awesome. Well, it's been so amazing having you. And before we go, can you just tell everybody where they can find you and your business? Okay, so um, hopefully we're coming up on Google searches. <laughs> so Prep Academy Tutors of Interior BC is what you would search. Um, the website's too long for me to list it off right yeah. now, and I didn't bring yeah, my, yeah. We'll no, put it we'll the bottom of my card. Um, so our website would be the easiest to send us an email. We do have a Facebook page, and we are on Instagram. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll get your form, and we'll get you linked up with next steps for registration link and meeting some really qualified, amazing teachers. That's amazing. Awesome. Thank yeah. you, Shannon. Thank you so, so much, much, Shannon. You're yeah. so insightful. Thank you. All right, ladies. Till next time. Yes. Till we meet again. Yeah. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working, what's not working, how we can support you. What are some good topics? And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.